0: America, Washington, D.C. Signing on. When the Sances have...
1: Oh Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org. I, of course, am the best-selling author of The Gorilla's Guide to the Thing Radio and The Gorilla's Guide to Signals Intelligence as well, both of which have spent some time at number one in their respective categories on Amazon.com. You can also find them over at BrushBeater.store, along with a lot of other really cool stuff, by the way. Full stocking dealer for top-end night vision. Got all my stuff from Elbit. So we've got Elbit tubes in stock. We've got operator-cut ballistic helmets, uh, which are really some of the best that, that I've ever even used. We've come a long way. I pulled out my old Mitch today with the x Snape pad on it. I was playing around with that thing and uh you know, the same one that I wore in Afghanistan, same one that you know I had for a whole lot of stuff. And uh, but this one in particular was one of the ones I had in Afghanistan. And uh was looking at at this new helmet, like, holy shit, like man, we've we've really come a long way. And uh it's it's pretty incredible. But uh thermals got all of that. We've got a lot more that's gonna be coming up after SHOT Show, and I'm really, really excited to be rolling all that stuff out. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. I've got an incredible guest that is certainly no stranger to the show, one of the most brilliant men that I've ever had the opportunity to talk to, uh, somebody that literally um, I always learn something from, and and it's, it's just kind of a, a wonderful time to sit down and, get wisdom imparted and uh, just have all of you out there privy to, to the wonderful conversation and the brilliant mind that is Mr. EM Burlingame. game. It's, it is great. Once again, to have you in here, brother. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's always one of those things. It's, it's a, uh, it's a very special experience for me to be able to talk to you, the opportunities I get to talk to you, somebody that, that, um, I think is it has the wisdom of many generations compiled in into a person and and far, far beyond the the scholarly sense, but getting into what I consider the, the spiritual sense as well of having just this long-term view of civilization and and one that's very unique. Because you have a lot of views that are kind of outside of the traditional Western dogma of how we look at at the world, I think that that is critically important for Western civilization. Because a, a lot of people in the United States uh, and in the West in general, we're you know we're seeing this, but definitely in the United States, I can speak for for here, we're we're having this this uh, almost a, a crisis of identity is upon us. And a lot of people are, are looking for the, the, essentially they're searching for stability. Um, you know, we, we know that, that there's, there's absolutely nothing stopping the freight train that's coming. Um, absolutely no way that that we're going to get off of that at this point. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they either react to that one of two ways, you know, the, the less intelligent among us react with despair. And that's what we call the black pill effect. The smarter among us began to say, what measures do we need to take individually? And then as a society to fix this, to get us back on the right path. Once, you know, the event, the, 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 the culminating event, whatever it may be to where we say, you know, Hey, we're kind of, we're kind of the Romans, you know, in all of this where, you know, Rome is, is quite literally on fire um you know we're we're kind of at that point you know you you have in, in our last conversations that that we've had with one another you you have a very long term thousands of years old view macro view of civilization that i think is incredibly wise is in, in, incredibly useful for a lot of people out there to draw that wisdom upon. And that's something that we've talked about in the past being, uh you know, a, a civilizational people, which the United States is not. We're not a civilizational people by no. any means. Yeah, we're no. a creation and much of it is artificial. Much of it is indoctrinated to us. And we're beginning to question that, you know, the, the Supreme court decision that came out about you know, Texas can't protect its own borders. This is, we're not a civilizational people at that point. I think that that's abundantly clear. But the answer is something much, much deeper, right? The answer that, that people are looking for, I think, is is tremendously uh, deep. And it requires looking at, at things from a civilizational standpoint. And, and that's one that, that you know, you, you have mastered so succinctly, over and over and over again. Um, so, jumping into that, you know, it, it comes down to manhood and womanhood together and the sacredness of both of those being mutually exclusive and yet brought together in equal importance in a society of what creates a healthy society. Um, so, with that said, you know, take us through that.
0: Yeah, so interesting. And thanks for having me again matt it's good to talk to you again man um and good on you for the books and the new one and how well it's doing thanks bro you know it's interesting you use the word the sacred you know people say the divine feminine or the sacred feminine the divine male and it's like, that's all bullshit. it's all bullshit. we're men and women we're the same species we are very different you know just look at brain scans of men and women and um just the interconnectivity interhemispherical hemispheral connectivity firing you know patterns in under certain activities et cetera. it's very different and physiologically we're very different but for all intents and purposes you know somebody twice this questions come up in the last 2 weeks alone someone asked me you know is there the divine feminine in the divine masculine and i said no there's only the divine whatever that is, in, in my kind of conception, that's the quantum field, you know, or or the for life here on this earth, maybe that's the combined entangled quantum field of all the single-celled life on earth. I don't know. You know, I don't know, but it's definitely some kind of entangled field, but there's only the divine. It's not masculine or feminine <clears throat> or neuter. It's, it's divine. It's something way beyond. Now, men excuse me men and women do experience it differently we do engage with it differently but that's because of <clears throat> excuse me how we're wired um well excuse me I'm having to' do- Apologies, I don't talk this much. normally. No, it's, it's uh, all right, man. I'm
1: I'm getting over some. I'm not drinking some, some, uh, all inky kind of. stuff myself. Mm.
0: I uh, I had strep throat all weekends. So uh, mm. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. So you know the the you know there is no divine mask. If if I wanted to divide men, in, so if I wanted power and control, real power and control, how would I do it? I would separate men and women, and I would set them at conflict with one another. And then I would cleverly, you know, carefully, but cleverly put them into their own camps. And I would use words like divine feminine and divine masculine. I would use words like sacred feminine or the sacred mother. You know, I I would use these terms to layer this, this illusion that these are two separate things. And I would set those camps against, you know, I would get, I would create a complex tapestry of concepts and ideas and words and linguistic space that, you know, if you want to compete as a woman in the world of women, you're going to have to learn this arcanum and support it. And if you're in the world of man, we're less complicated because we're dumber in some ways and way smarter in others. But when it comes to social manipulation and all that, except for our narcissists and our own sociopaths and psychopaths, et cetera. But point being is, if I wanted power and I wanted to maintain power (coughs) and I was resentful, I would create these complex structures of divine feminine, divine masculine, sacred feminine, sacred masculine, all all this stuff. And then if you are a male or female (coughs) and you wanted to rise up in the world, you'd have to master all that artificial bullshit arcanum. Um, and then you get judged inside of the world of woman or the world of man based off of how well you compete with this artificial construct, right? Uh, and then that divides men and women from one another there. So there's less common communication, common ground, recognizing, well, we're we're just alike in all of these things, not in these others. <clears throat> and then I'd set those to at war with one another. Right. I would I would carefully, quietly, you know, you know, so the story of King Arthur, Lancelot and Guinevere. Guinevere and Lancelot didn't have an affair. Jealous, resentful peoples in the court wanted to separate the king. Right. And the crown from the people and and cloud the king's mind. So they whispered lies. Right little lies and deceits, right? And other people picked up on that because they saw the power shift, et cetera. That's how we work. You know, that's how kingdoms are brought down. That's how civilizations are brought down. You turn man and woman against each other and you use little lies and little deceits and, you know, elaborate constructs. And I think we need to throw all of those away. I think we need to stop talking divine feminine, divine masculine and this and throw all that shit out. We're men and women. We come together. We don't always get that right, but we come together. We have children. And if that doesn't happen, there is no species there. We just don't exist. Right. And it's not much more complicated than that. Now, interpersonal relations over any kind of protracted period of time or over any within any kind of complex space or difficult space. Yeah, that's difficult. That takes some work, but I don't need all of this crazy labels and fancy books and all this. I don't need any of that. I need to look her in the eyes and figure out what's going on with her. and I need to have a figure out how do I how do we have a conversation or or right now, maybe. Maybe conversation is not going to happen. so just let it burn itself out and when it's burned itself out, don't take it personal or if it was hurtful, do with that later. Or like I just did this week with a friend of mine. I was like, "Well, wow, that was a hurtful." I literally, I told her, "I was like, okay, that one, that one hurt a little bit, right?" And then you let it go, and you talk later. Um, I think that this is the, as as complicated as it gets. But we keep chasing all these experts and all these labels and all these descriptors and all these definitions and all these things that literally we were probably created in the first place just to divide us. Yes. Fucking throw all that shit out, right? It's like so. You you know you talk about a, a civilizational people. Western civilization was built by Vikings, either through a forcing function of raids and and uh, you know wars and conflicts. Or literally by our running kingdoms and and managing and, uh, you know, building out civilizations. And and the whole Christianization thing didn't change much of that, to be quite frank, right? Just gave it a patina of some more civilizedness. But boy, we just kept killing people and we just did it in God's name now, right? So, Pretty good at it, too. Well when you when you live on the edge of an ice sheet you know when you're when your people develop over a 25,000ish period of time uh, on the edge of an ice sheet you have to be very practical right you you develop a you know epigenetics and genetics and and fitness functions and all of that that are optimized for practical and for ruthless violence and you have necessary. to plan and you got to plan, and you got to think That's ahead, the other and you got to yeah. So is,
1: is <laughs> you know our our a- anthropological friends out there would tell us that certain civilizations, the the dividing line between why why some civilizations progress and others regress, and this is before all the the infusion of of Marxist conflict theory, which is you know, mostly all bullshit and revisionist and it's a really yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But if, if we're being honest about the matter with with anthropology as well as sociology, the reason that that some civilizations advance and others remain in stasis has to do with the length of the growing season. And so when you look at Scandinavian peoples, northern European peoples, they have to plan everything in their year around a very short growing season and crop failure. Means that you probably won't survive the winter. This is something that no, you know, we saw yet again. again.
0: Yeah, in Scandinavia it's a little more complicated than that because we also right. have uh, migratory caribou and reindeer and um, right. and uh, migratory fish and schools and whales and so in Scandinavia it's a bit more than just the agriculture because particularly where my ancestors come from, Norway, there there's a whole lot of place for agriculture. Yeah. No. Um, so it's it's. And then there's the storms, you know, you get your spring storms and your winter storms and your, you know, uh, extreme cold. And, you know, so there's a whole lot more factors that go into um, the type of planning that our ancestors um, from Scandinavia had to deal with. Um, And that was made even worse during the glaciation period of the last ice age because it's also drier and, you know, it's just a whole different environment than it is today. Um, but back to the Scandinavian, right? What you know? What is the root? You know, the Scandinavian mythology, right? Same, which by the way comes out of the Urals originally, tens of thousands of years ago. And Scandinavian mythology and Greek mythology are almost identical because they both come from the same progenitor and those peoples, was they were coming out of Central Asia, some went south and went all the way down into Greece, and some kept going across the edge of the ice sheet and got all the way over to uh, the edge of Western Europe there, which at the time had Doggerland, so you could go all the way across land, all the way across to, um, across England, and I don't remember if they could get to Ireland at the time, but, you know, the sea was 400 feet shallower at the time. But point being is that, you know, our civil, modern civilization is built by Scandinavians. And by the way, Viking is a verb, it's not a noun. So when people say you're a Viking, it's like, uh, no, I'm a Scandinavian. And so if I'm lucky, I get to Viking, right? Uh, but we've, we've come to, to use that term as a noun. But point is, is that you know, as a civilization at our core, at least in Northern Western Europe. And then that's because of that, the United States, at least um, that's changing of course, over the last 20, 30 years, but that's underlying civilization and mythos is Scandinavian. And at the heart of our belief system for men is to earn your right into the halls of Valhalla by dying an honorable death, right? And you know some of it's battle, but it really, you know, it's earn your right into Valhalla. And you know, I won't talk about the men's club stuff that uh, happens in Valhalla on your family-friendly podcast. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no worries, man. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. It's, it's it's raw and unfiltered. The three F's, right? Feasting, fighting, and fucking. Um, but you know that's that's one thing you can earn your right into the halls of Valhalla you know any any man and some women right can earn their way into the halls of valhalla and you know women some women in combat but women earn their way in in other ways there's one um honor that can only be earned in one way and that is to have the valkyrie come select you from all the fallen and take you personally directly into the presence of odin the all father And you can't earn that right any other way. The Valkyrie have to select you amongst all the fallen. And they only do that if you're protect in the, if you die a death in the protection of women in particular, a woman under their, under the, the eyes and uh, guidance of a Valkyrie, right? Of the Valkyrie themselves. And I think this is, you know, I, 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 so many guys, you know, in special forces and Navy seals, but really in special forces, um, huge number of guys have Scandinavian backgrounds. I mean, like just disproportionate number of guys with Scandinavian ancestry, um, at least in part, and, <clears throat> and some of us in whole, it's so interesting. You know, guys will have the Valhalla tattoos and the Odin and the, you know, all of this stuff. Uh Mjolnir and all these other things. and some of them will even talk about the Valkyrie, and they all have done, a lot of them done extraordinary things and they've earned their right into the halls of Valhalla, no doubt. you know, it's like the tweet I put out the other day. But we've we've not succeeded yet, except for in few cases, I think, of earning the visit of a valkyrie, to usher us directly into odin's presence where we be, that which is the only way to become odin's son right odin's son odinson we are not doing a very good job so back to the civilizational people this is the root of our civilization um in order for a civilization to continue men and women have to come together and they have to have children and they have to raise those children and <laughs> those children have to go on and come together and have children And we're doing a horrible fucking job of it because that labeling of men and women or this and, you know, and uh, the divine this and the sacred that and all this crap that's been layered on to keep us from one another or to keep us in our own camps. And then all the little things that have been said to keep us at war with one another and conflict with one another, you know, done by the resentfuls and people seeking power. The sum result of that is, is that we, particularly the warriors, right? And the Knights, we're doing a horrible fucking job of protecting women. Horrible. I, 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 to be quite frank, I, I don't see, except for, you know, some men, of course, with their women and, you know, et cetera, but I don't really see us doing much of fuck all for women, I
1: mean, I, I agree completely. You know the the our modern civilization, quote unquote, however you wanted to find them. Uh, we we can certainly point to first wave feminism as one of the destructive factors, although it, it began much earlier than that. I uh, began much earlier than
0: well, this. This is the burning of witches. This is, you know, yep. so I, I read a paper or a treatise actually, not so much a paper, but a, you know, what well, could have become a paper but didn't, probably 40 years ago now. So I would have been in late teens. And it talked about the burning of the witches and how when you did a psychological profile of the women that were getting burned, they were good looking. Most of them were good looking women who had their own mind. They were strong. They were independent. They were capable. They were able to handle all of the female versus female competition and come out well. They were liked, they were respected. And so the other women would get together and say, oh, talk, talk, yep. talk, 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 talk. And then they would, if that didn't work, then they would get the men involved and then they'd get the, right? And it was this whole dialogue about how for f- basically 400 years, all of the healthy whole gene the, that we lost this extraordinarily genetic heritage, this extraordinary genetic heritage in Europe during the witch burning. And that was not just burning of witches. There was all kinds of this, you know, attack on these types of women and that we lost all of that genetics of really healthy, wholesome, powerful, capable women accepting of course, you know, genetic recombinants. So the shit comes back together sometimes anyways, but there's a really interesting argument that the war on the open outright war on women, which is not done by men. It's done by other women. They get fucking weak little pieces of shit, men and predatory men to, you know, to carry it out for them. And they promote and, and uh, you know, fund and, Make sure these men rise up in powerful positions so they can prey on more women, uh, which just, oh, I'm, I got a whole list of people I want to kill right now, straight up, but I don't get to do that anymore <laughs> unless we can, unless I do get permission to Viking, right? Um, where was I going with that? But point is, is that somebody,
1: somebody you know, I know might be writing a book along those lines
0: a fiction. Kind of am, yeah. And interesting, you mentioned wow. Rome burning that might be as Rome burns, right? Wow. Um, we have got to do a better job of protecting women. And I, and I'm, I'll tell you right now personally, I don't think you can call yourself a man unless you're defending women straight up. And, and I don't mean you know oh, I'll stand in front of. no I mean understand the eternal war. understand resentfuls. understand how this the, the war, the female versus female competition, Understand how women are, are using this sh- uh, illusionary patriarchy shield that they've created, uh, unhealthy women, to attack and destroy other women, right? To prevent any healthy, whole, capable woman from rising up. They did it to my f- fucking daughter. We came back from Japan. My daughter's un- beautiful and athletic and brilliant and and just a leader, a natural leader. And I watched the, the teachers in her school just just fucking needle and poke and prod and reduce. And, and she would stand up for other kids and then she would get in trouble. And the kid that was doing this, I watched it. I watched it and I did whatever I could, but unfortunately I'll leave some family dynamics out because you don't call out certain people. Right. But I was prevented from doing what I would like to do. Right. Yeah. Just because of a divorce. Um, but the point is, I watched this with my own daughter, and, you know, we need to understand how the world of women works, the unhealthy matriarchy works, we need to understand that the patriarchy is something they created, it's an artificial construct, but it's real, and it's populated with weak weak and predatory men, that's the only, because men like us would never fucking be a part of some piece of shit like that, mm-hmm. Right. So we need to understand all those things. We need to understand the eternal war. We need to understand that what's at the root of all of that is a very basic thing. It's genetic warfare. Who gets to have kids with whose genes and what resources are associated with that. And what's the hierarchy. It's that simple. It's ancient. It's fucking way before humans, way before mammals. It's just genetic warfare. And we've got to understand it. We've got to understand how it plays out in systems and corporations and structures and movements and linguistic stru- uh, constructs and movements, et cetera. And we and, have got to go to fucking war for women. And and, and I'd say I I, I I'm loath to do this
1: uh, to to recommend TV shows generally, but to <laughs> I mean I am because a lot of the entertainment industry is complete trash, as as we both know, and most people know, but. A good illustration of this is, you know, we, we've been talking about Scandinavians and anthropology of, of really of Europe and European civilization. Uh, Vikings, the show, I think, did a very good job with a number of things that that were occurring. And one of the things was was a very unique exploration of the dynamic, um, the intersocial dynamic between men and women and women among themselves, and, and across men, and did it. I think that, especially the, the first couple of seasons of that show, I, w- I was a big fan of that. I thought it was incredibly well done um, to be you know, what it was. So yeah. It's a lot of this stuff. So, you know,
0: It's interesting you should mention uh, the show Vikings, because if there's an episode, I can't remember what it is, I think it's in the last season, it's, um, it's where Bjorn – uh Bjorn Ironsides actually it's several episodes Bjorn has had several wives he's the king of Norway now <clears throat> excuse me um he meets Grunhild right I think that's her name Grunhild and they just they just yes. click they just click but she's too old to have kids right and uh but they are just a match so he takes a second wife this very beautiful younger willowy witch who's a witch Right, so he's got this solid, sturdy, extraordinary queen, literally. Right, and Grunhild, and then he goes and finds this crazy, you know, the crazy hot matrix shit. Right, he went and got a crazy hot fucking chick. <laughs> right, and yes, so this, she pegged and, it out. And nobody's, I, I, I've talked to all kinds of people that've seen the show. Nobody's paid attention to this really well done because they the show, the writers, and I don't know if they were doing this on purpose, but I can't think they were, not laid this very dialogue out that I'm, you know, this female versus female competition, this um, unhealthy matriarchy, how it takes over, how it corrupts, how it it seduces, right? Um, And what winds up happening, you know, when Darren dies, what winds up happening? Grunhild, out of her love for him, drowns herself. She can't live in a world where he's not there, right? She should rule. She should rule. She is his equal as a woman and, and could have in, in Scandinavian um, systems, Mm -hmm. but that's not what happens. She goes out and kills herself. The witch, the insane, literally insane, lascivious witch takes over. And she puts around herself four or five other women just like her, and they take over. And it was like I binge—I I, didn't—I don't watch shows. I rarely watch TV at all. But <laughs> I binge watched that when I was recovering from my brain injuries, and I had some yeah. time on my hand here and there. And it was this whole sequence of, of Grunhild and then the witch, whose name I can't remember, and Bjorn, you know, and all of that mm-hmm. was like hit me in the gut. I was writing. <clears throat> the eternal war at the time. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, that's a resentful woman right there. That's, and that's how they work. And they did. So anybody who's interested in this conversation should go watch that, at least that part of Vikings, that, that where Bjorn meets, uh, Grunhild and then all the way up to where he dies and, and the witch takes over the kingdom because it is a, perfect representation of exactly what's really happened at some point long ago unhealthy you know at the birth of the patriarchy right created by unhealthy women to have male male protection basically right and then they populated with lesser men and predators um give me a second at some point a woman like grunhild should have taken control of the healthy matriarchy and built it up somewhere, but it didn't happen. The unhealthy women saw an opening and they took it. thousand years ago in Western, I can't talk to other cultures, right? But Western civilization, maybe a thousand years ago, maybe more than that, 1,100, 1,200 years ago. And we've been living in that unhealthy matriarchy ever since. And anytime they see, and I, I saw this in Afghanistan, right? Where Oh, it's the patriarchal society, et cetera. Yeah, it was the women that were fucking up little girls. It was yeah. just resentful fucking older women who saw a young girl who was a bright and shining star. And they did everything possible to crush that girl's spirit and soul. And if it didn't work because she was just that good, excuse me, like my own daughter, then they got the men involved by making their life fucking miserable.
1: Yeah, more often than not, my experience, at least in, in southern Afghanistan, was very similar. You know, a lot of times the the village elder, you know, the, the mukhtar, the village, is a pretty benign character.
0: Oh, and he's uh, trying to protect speaking. the little girls, but he's got to right. do the best he can there. Because I watched that, too, right in uh, eastern Afghanistan. Right. He's trying to figure out how the fuck, how the fuck do I not get destroyed by the unhealthy resentful matriarchy in my community that really is the power. And how do I protect that girl the best that I can so she can, so she can maintain that spark long enough that it can't get put out. Right. And that's something we need to be doing a better fucking job of now is looking at identifying these young ladies all the way up into their teens and then, mentoring, shaping, protecting, guiding, guarding, right? Pushing back against the unhealthy matriarchy so that that girl can get enough of her feet under her that that spark can't be put out. And then we've got yeah. other women, like a friend, who I won't mention, but you and I were talking about earlier, right? There are a lot of these women, not a lot, but there's a good number of really good women who are just in really bad relationships with narcissists and because they're good women they can't see what the nature of the relationship that they're in and they wind up driving themselves crazy trying to figure out how to how to you know they love this man right they they love this person they can't see that they are in a relationship with a narcissist and that that narcissist narcissist is shaping their entire reality there's a number of these women so i I've, I've met a number of really really good women who are in really fucked up because they're in fucked up, they're in relationships with fucked up guys. And I don't mean, you know, like the asshole beats them and all. No, no, no. It's way more clever than that. Way more sophisticated Psychological. Than that. It's psychological. A lot of these guys are good looking, right? Or fairly good looking, fairly successful, right? But the gaslighting that goes on and the it's just oh it make, Well, I put a tweet up the other day, right? About when you look some guy in the eyes and he's dating somebody you know is an extraordinary lady and you look him in the eyes and you're like, you need to die. You need to die. I don't get to do it again. I mean, I I really hope, I really hope if we can accomplish anything in the world that'll fix the problems of Western civilization, legalize dueling again. Yeah. Just legalize the duel. And,
1: you know, along those lines, kind of kind of bringing it forward, you know, there's something I'm about to say, and I think I know how you're going to react to this, but we'll see Um, what I would say that that our civilization, the West Western civilization in in the broader sense, just, you know, not necessarily just the United States, but Europe in general. We look at the popularity of of a guy like Andrew Tate, who I think very much, you know, when 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 you made that statement, he's the guy that I pictured in my head of like, yep, yeah, exactly, I knew it, I and and I was fairly certain. However, with that said, his popularity, I mean, he wasn't he he wasn't really a notable MMA fighter. I mean, he's, you know, he,
0: he was, he was well, decent, he's but he, he's a very good kickboxer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 He, he, I mean, he's, he's talented, but, but he got much more famous for other things Yeah, and he, he, he wasn't the one to begin this conversation. Although if you asked him, I'm sure he would tell you this is he, everything with him is ego driven. It's very resentful. Um, but he, he introduced, I think more popularized along with others. This this very same notion that's leading people, at least as, as a point of entry down the path that, that you're talking about, that we're discussing here. It's just he's
0: doing it in a very toxic way. He's he's kind of a, the toxic end of it. Oh, but it is about a, that, like all these podcasts with these guys, you know, about how to be a man, all this. It's like, yeah, listen, you want to know how to be a man? You want to understand. So this is one of those things of these artificial labels that, that denied us the reality of ourselves. OK. Man, a real man, that guy is all love. And I don't mean the touchy-feely, you know, oh, kumbaya, oh, fuck, no. That shit makes my skin crawl. But a real man is motivated by one force and one force only. That is a father's love, right? A father's and a man's love. And it is powerful, extraordinarily powerful. And you want to be a powerful man in the world? Fucking love people. And I don't, again, not the touchy feeling. Cause sometimes i love you. I got to kill you because that's the best fucking thing for you. Right. Yeah. Or I got to hurt you. I got to crush your fucking whatever. Cause you're going down a bad path, but out of love for you, I got to do it. And I'll carry that fucking weight. Right. I'll hurt you yeah. because I have to, and I'll carry that weight, but I don't do it because I'm an asshole or because I like to hurt people. I hate it. Right. I got no meanness or, or, uh, resentment in me whatsoever. I just don't have it. No cruelty. But I'll do what I got to do. I do it out of the place of love, and we men right. have got to fucking reconnect with that reality, right? right? And it and it, you want to, you know, I'm not a Christian, right? I'm, I don't know. I grew up Buddhist. I went to Jesuit schools, but I'm probably closer to a pagan than anything else, right? And I don't, I don't just, I couldn't really care less. But point I'm getting to is this: all these guys talk about Christianity right? Christian, you know, Christian ideals, Western civilizations, Christian, oh, bullshit. We layered that shit on top of Scandinavian belief systems, right? So careful. But point is, what is God? God is the father, the love of the father. Why are you trying to do all this shit with Christianity to be a good Christian so you can experience the love of the father? Not the wrath, but the love of the father. Well, Are we not made, you know, to use that belief system, are we not made in God's image? Well, that means we are love as man, deep, powerful, fucking ruthless kind of love. And we've got to fucking wake up to that because that's what women need from us. Right. And we're starving them of it because we're not recognizing and admitting it to ourselves because that's weak. Or because of all this shit, you know, like these garbage fucking how to be a man shit that's out there. No, that's just how to be a successful boy. You want to be a man? Fucking love people and love them yeah. with everything that you are and then do what you got to fucking do. And women need that, man. They need it so fucking badly. Right. Yeah. All this, all the antidepressants and all this fucking shit that they're dealing with. Right. Women are being destroyed. Why? Why? because they don't have a man, a real man, motivated by a man and a father's love. Like, where are all the good men at? Well, that's the fucking problem. Right. And I'll tell you quite honestly, I had an extraordinary lady tell me, tell me this to my face, not this way, right? But she looked at me, looked me in the eyes and said, you are nothing but love. And it stunned me because I was like, what the fuck, right? But she was right. And so this this little key has literally just been unlocking in me in the last two weeks because she, and she's extraordinary. I mean, just an extraordinary woman. And she looked me right in the eyes and said, all of these conversations, everything's been going on and safety and security and all this stuff. And she just came right up to my face, looked me in the eye and said, you are all love. And not in some manipulative, she was just recognizing. And I realized actually, Every great man I've ever known all over the world, every great man was a man who loved immensely, powerfully. They can kill people. They can do whatever the fuck they got to do, right? But if you really talk to a man, that guy radiated fucking love for people, specific people, humanity, love for his culture, his civilization, love. And, you
1: know, it's agree a hundred percent and moving forward with that and because that's a very important point to bring up and that love i think in in my opinion at least extends to your greater civilization to your yes. people yes Right. It's, it's it's not just an interpersonal love, like
0: no, yeah, you know, like no, you know, it oh, is this, I, I love
1: you, you know, like it's no, a no, deep, no, 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 no.
0: Deep rooted, deep abiding love for life itself and for existence and for everything that we've been able to accomplish and everything right. that we can accomplish, right? And even a right. deep love for all the mistakes we made because we've learned and we continue to learn, and we, you know, without the mistakes, we don't reach the heights that we reach, right? So and it's it's it
1: prevents and staves off the anomic uh the the, the anomic effect that happens this is durkheim That's too fancy talks. a word for
0: me there, Matt. you're going to tell me what <laughs> it is so
1: so enemy, the the idea of anime is oh. uh, or the the theory of anime is durkheim explained it so mm. durkheim um for those of you not on the up and up on sociology uh durkheim was the first social scientist, quote unquote, to actually measure what phenomena occur in an unhealthy society. And he looked at uh, contemporary France in his era, mm. uh, which would have been the, the mid1800s and why it was the way it was. and, and he measured that through suicide rates. Mm. And it was just, he, had, he had a very fascinating, I think an incredibly accurate explanation of the reasons that people commit suicide for, for different ways. And he broke it down into uh, four categories. One of them was and the strongest one. And, and this was his strongest indicator of an unhealthy society was this idea of enemy. And it means that you are uh, a, a, you're essentially cut off, from the larger body social we're we're, uh individualized we're atomized as as individual people and because we have no connection with a larger society for whatever reason that may be um we no longer have a a social value as we see it Mm -hmm. from, from an introspective point of view looking inward at ourselves and because of that people will commit suicide um i would it is my personal theory that the, uh, the reason many veterans have killed themselves, including, you know, very good friends of mine over the years, uh, the whole 22 a day thing is, is a suicide. Um, that you're cut off from a larger body. It's very difficult for, for someone to rationalize that. Um, and, and once they're separated, they, they kind of, at first it's, it's, you know, you just have that whole. Um, I'm, I'm trying to reintegrate with society and it just doesn't work. Um, the, the same phenomena, interestingly enough, happens among prisoners mm. once they're released, once they're paroled, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. say similar numbers, yeah. by the way.
0: because We do in the brain studies and um, traumatic brain injury recovery work that we do. One of the things that uh, I really came to realize is that identity is a massive, massively necessary part And if you sustain enough of a a physical brain injury or an acquired brain injury through prolonged stress, et cetera, um, or just a substantive and prolonged shock to your identity stack, (coughs) excuse me, uh, you suicide, you know, your suicidal ideation is ludicrously high. And it's, you know, so we've been focusing on the biomolecular, the bioelectrical, the neurocognitive. And it was really only a year before last that I really started to realize coming through my own and then having, I had five friends kill themselves in a 10 month fucking period of time, man, uh, a few years yeah. ago, um, four of them were in a fucking custody battle for their kids, right? Four of them. So, um, Yeah. So about a year, year and a half ago, I realized that, holy shit, this, this identity stack issue is a very big deal. It's a very major problem. And, you know, that, that, you know, so when I say identity stack, we don't have a single identity, we have a whole layering of different identities, depending on the the context, the situation, etc. And there's some core, you know, there's a core archetype, and then there's this identity stack stacked on top of it. Turns out it doesn't matter how bad your brain injuries are. Um, acquired or toxic, the, I, the, pro- the archetype stays the same. Your archetype never changes. Th- one of the problems that we find in working with people through recovery is that a lot of people don't, are, like my, my archetype's protector. That's my instinct. A lot of people that go into fields and do jobs that they have to go into protection, a lot of them think they're protectors. But when you do the work, the identity stack work with them, turns out their core archetype is not a protector. And so now they're having all kinds of fucking problems, reintegrating, et cetera, because uh, the archetype they think that they've built their identity stack on is not their actual archetype. So that's one of the things we help with is helping them figure out really what's your base archetype. And then how do we help them work through developing a new identity stack that then allows them to you know, better integrate internally and then with others. And we're having really good success in that one of the pieces now that i'm gonna have to add because i've had conversations with guys since my friend said this to me right my dear friend um and it just hit me like a, I i mean she just it's like she opened something up and just unlocked this thing in me but i've had this conversation with a couple like a, a friend of mine who's a long time very high-ranking navy seal and a couple others and they were like yeah holy fuck man yeah yeah that's the that's the thing we all keep we know it on some level that we are just, we just love. I mean, this is just what we are. We walk around with it all fucking day. We love everybody, even the fucking hobo on the street. Not much I can do about it. So, okay. Right. But it's just talking to, my, to these guys. It's like, yeah, fuck, man, that's, that's, that's the key. And it's always there. And we just don't ever talk about it. Men don't talk about it. We don't, you know, love is weakness. Well, I wouldn't say it's weakness. What I would say is that all of these artificial linguistic constructs that have been created about what, what is man and what is woman, other than love for his children, love for his wife, maybe love for his family, maybe some love for his man as love has been, well, oh, that's been thrown out. That's like, you know, no man's wrath and rage and violence and all this. Yeah, no, no. Those are things that we do. What are we? Right. What are we at our core? And, and a prime example, I'll give you a prime example. And it was, it always blows your mind sitting in a room of fucking green berets, all combat experience. Some of these guys had like years in fucking combat, just murking people. Okay. Legally following rules of engagement. Anybody who wants to, yeah. Murking people. Um, Getting ready to go to war, right? Getting ready to go right back into the fucking box and, and go shoot some people some more. And then my little daughter will walk into the team room three years old and everybody's the softest, nicest, sweetest, kindest, lovingest. And and they all love her. Like she was their own. You know what I mean? It's just this instant fucking switch. And now I look back at it. I was like, yeah, well, the whole reason all those men were in that room to begin with, to go do these ugly things is because they were all very loving men, right? Their motivation was love for their people, for their home, for their culture, for their civilization. And even, especially in the Green Berets, I can't speak to any of the others, but we we go native, right? Look up Jim Gant, right? We go native. We fall in love with the locals. But we need to wake the fuck up to this because women are starving for it. Women are trying to compensate in all these ways and it's just keeping us farther and farther and farther apart.
1: Right. You know, and I think that the, the good news to take away from that for a lot of people, because, they you know, they listen to podcasts like this one. They listen to a lot of the, you know, they, they consume the, the 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 media. And um, one of the things that's very fascinating in running classes and, and interacting with the, the general public uh, is, is as much as I do, which is, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people don't do a lot of people in the, in the, they're, they're exclusive. they you know, you're either, you're, no, you do podcasts or you, do, you know, you do, you, it's, you don't really do all the things. I kind of get to, to dip my toes in it all. And um, it, it's a good, it's a good opportunity to, to get feedback from people on a social level, which is, you know, it's, it's not direct feedback, but it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, and, and so people, a lot of the, the people that I'll have in class and a lot of people I interact with consume a, a lot of media, um, MMA media. that That's huge with with uh, my audience, um, which I think is is kind of dovetails very well with the, the overall warrior culture that we're talking about and the man of passion. And the, the one thing that, that I want people to take away is is that one of the things that that. Uh, I would say that the middle-aged listeners, you know, 35 to, to you know, 65, middle-aged, uh, that, that audience, a lot of times they they resort to despair more often than not. And it's because, well, there's, there's many causal factors, but I think the dovetail is because they look back and they realize that that a lot of what they did and a lot of what they put their their work into, they feel like it was meaningless in the end, and it wasn't. And th- this is one of those things that, that I want to point out. It doesn't matter what line of work they were in or anything. You know, none here, of that matters.
0: Here's the here, thing, here's, though. Here's the thing, though. <clears throat> love has to be unconditional. Right. And if it's unconditional, then whatever you did, as long as you did it out of a place of genuine love, then you contributed. Right. Then you did. You you made a contribution, and as long as you you can continue to love legitimately, unconditionally your whole damn life, you can be making contributions your whole damn life. Right, exactly. And and where I was going with that
1: is, is that when at the the larger social level, and I want to be very clear here when I say you know the, the, a lot of the a lot of the people I interact with, they look back and then, you know it's, let's say they're you know you're forty years old, you're you're halfway there, right. You're forty, you know. You you can you can expect to live on average another forty years, maybe longer if you're lucky, maybe a little bit less. Who knows, right? That's it, it, there's too many factors, in the name, but but a lot of guys will look back, and that's why that's, that that whole midlife crisis thing happens and all that shit, right? But you look back and you say, you know, man, I, I spent my first forty years of my life getting to this point, wherever I am. But they, they nowadays they look at the the larger social entity and they say, man, we're fucked up, you know. And and I, I don't know how we got to where we got. Here's the thing, and and a lot of people get black pilled about that. A lot of people, you know, that's the resorting to despair. That I'm describing, and it um, you know there's a lot of anime that happens. This is going back to Durkheim. Here's here's the thing that you should take to heart, and and you should be very very excited about because I am, and and it is that when you look at the younger generations, why are conversations like this one that you and I are having and have had, the other conversations that I've had that have been along these lines? I mean, if if you look at the younger generation, Gen Z. Right, the youngest ones. It's it's a natural thing for every older generation to point at the youngest generation or the younger generation, and say, "Ah, you're all fucked up. Look at you. you. Don't know this. You know you had it easy. And look, that that's that's as that's a tale as old as time. Like we, every generation to doing that. Right. Here's the thing, and and it's also natural for the younger generations to point at the older ones and go, "You fucked everything up. Look at you." you know, and, and there's just that, that back and forth. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a trope right at this point. Um, because it's an, it's a timeless truth, but if you look at Gen Z and, and you interacted with them on the level that I've interacted with them and that you interact with them and get to see, you know, what they're yearning for, it's a very different world than the one you and I came up in. Um, the goals, the societal goals are very different and it that's a very good thing to see in a good way. You know more often than not we dismiss them as as you know oh you're you're too materialistic, you're too you know you're, you're tied to your phone all the time. you won't pay attention to shit I'm telling you these kids coming up this Gen Z. They're more in tune to the, these things that you and I are talking about on a societal level than I think that, than any any uh, baby boomer. Most of Gen X, although you know you, you're you're right in the middle of Gen X. Gen X, was, they understood a lot of stuff uh, on a pretty deep level. Uh, millennials, well,
0: yeah, we're kind of fucked up. You know, I'll admit it okay that's that's my generation, well, my generation the nomads. when you're when you're a nomad and you're on the outside you get to see a lot of things i i will say one thing about gen z i have immense confidence for them but i'm going to go back to the love comment right the one thing i notice in them is they have very high social anxiety and they don't know how to be loved they don't know how to be loved yeah. right they, they they love you know and excuse me in the youthful love but they don't it's the same with my teenage daughter she doesn't know how to be loved because our generations aren't giving them enough examples of that we've got entertainment you know so they watch tiktoks and they they watch movies and the movies are just getting fucked up holy fuck that's the worst goddamn shit right but they're not seeing (laughs) healthy (laughs) relationships in our generations in sufficient numbers and complexity so that they could see all kinds of different iterations of things. They're not seeing it. It's not too late, but our generations need to wake the fuck up to the fact that we need to love one another again. Yeah. We got to fuck each other up. Sometimes we got to, you know, we got to do all these things, but we need to, Stop chasing all the bullshit. Stop fucking listening to all the goddamn artificial labels and descriptions and complex arcanums. Stop doing the fucking rituals and just start looking each other in the eye. Realize that the other person is coming from a place of love, but they're probably hurting pretty bad. They've probably been hurt pretty bad. And we need to fucking go to war with that. That's the next war. Because the whole system, the whole economic system now, is designed to prevent us from coming together and loving one another because there isn't good money in that. Because guess what? I'm going to speak indelicately, but I don't need a fancy car and a fancy house to fuck a woman properly and have a really good night and then have her walk around and me walk around for the next, well, till we do it again, whenever that is, probably pretty soon. But you know, I'm getting at is our most basic needs are to feel connected and wanted and loved. It is the deepest rooted thing in us. And we don't need all this shit to do that. We just need to recognize that, you know what? I'm coming from a place of love, genuine fucking love. Maybe I don't quite get it right all the time. Maybe I'm clumsy, but that other person's trying to come from that place too. And let's work that out, right? And by the way, this thing about men, we have got to wake the fuck up to the fact that this is our real motivation, love. Genuine no shit fucking love, man. The women, on the other hand, you women have got to wake the fuck up too and realize that is our motivation, that we are coming from that place. And we've been hurt so many fucking times. We've been stomped on so many every time we fucking showed that shit. Right? That's why we hide it. And and because we're chasing in illusions and all this other kinds of shit, too. But women have also got to realize. And it's exactly what happened my very dear friend just a couple weeks ago. She literally realized something was going on. We are having a heated conversation. She got up, walked around. Actually, it was a different point. But she looked at me right in the eyes and said, you are all love. And she meant it. She was telling me, I see you. I see where this is coming from. Let's talk. Let's go there. Let's connect there. And now we can come back and we can work through this complex space. So, Men have got to accept we are massively, powerfully loving beings. And women have got to realize that that's the real nature of man. And I, somebody said this a long time ago, and I didn't get it till just recently, until my friend. she said Somebody said that inside every man is a little boy who just wants to be loved. And I thought that was bullshit. I thought that was weakness. I thought that was just fucking, you know what I mean? All this shit that we've been convinced about how a man's supposed to be this, this, and this. Now I actually get it since she said that. Right? Go develop yourself into a beast, an absolute fucking monster, and go do what monsters ought to do to protect people so they can love one another. Do it out of love still got to be a beast. You still got to be a monster. You still got to do fucking horrible things to some people, but do it from the right place and accept and admit that you're doing it from that place. And man, it changes everything. And then women, you've got to understand that men are just as much love as you. And probably even more (coughs) because women are fucking nasty to one another. Right? Absolutely horrible because of the genetic competition, by the way, this isn't because women are nasty. It's because they are wired for genetic competition right? That their genes get to pass forward with that male, right? With these resources, they're wired for that by nature. They're also wired for violence. And I told my same friend this, and she's now seen it, right? But estrogen upregulates violence, testosterone downregulates violence. So, you know, some of these fundamental things that we've just forgotten, and we don't talk about, But it's this simple. We want to fix the civilizational issue. Okay, men, admit that you do everything that you do out of a place of love. And if you don't, figure that shit out and make sure that you're doing things only out of a place of genuine fucking love. Even the hard shit. And women realize that men are, there are men, a lot of us coming from that place already and we'll get better at it now that we're going to hopefully wake up to this fucking thing. And then women, instead of attacking and belittling and trying to take a thing from a man, realize that he is coming from that place, and maybe he does he's not understanding the translation for you, but he is coming from that place and work with him to help that translation. And we've got to do this. Or our civilization is over. Our, our literally our civilization is done. And the younger generation you're talking about, they need to see this in their formative lifetime so that they can start patterning themselves in their time and the entire fucking system set against it, right? Trillions of dollars are made, uh, on self-help books and wellness and medicine and all the shit, trillions of dollars in the United States a year, just because men and women can't see this, men can't see this thing about themselves and women then can't see that in the men and we're not coming together.
1: hundred percent, man.
0: I mean it's like,
1: you, you, you just, you just banging them, them nails right on the
0: head, man. Just driving <laughs> it in there. I want a Valkyrie one day. I I mean it very seriously. If you want to go into Odin's presence, if you want to sit in the presence of the all father and feel the love of the father, you have to have a Valkyrie come for you. And the Valkyrie is only going to come from you for you If you love and protect women, this notion that we used to call chivalry. Chivalry's, yes, but chivalry's, I think this is something much more primal, much, much simpler, much deeper, right? Much older, um, and way more fundamental. I, I mean, I like chivalry and all that, but. The honest truth is, I'm, I'm a, a very Viking, i very Scandinavian, I'm more brutal. <laughs> it, was, it was a codification of that. Chivalry was, a,
1: was more of a... Well, but I think a,
0: actually... I actually so write it as a statute. Let's talk chivalry. I think chivalry is part of the lie. I think it's part of the illusion that keeps us from these baser animal instinct things. Right? It created this... More arcaneum, you know, you had to do this and you had to be this way and you had to be this way. And you had to be... No, you know what? Everything we know about somebody, nine, it's not everything, 90 plus percent of what we know about another human being, we know in the first four seconds of seeing them. Every single time we see him. First four seconds. None of that's verbal. None of that's this fancy, you know, style. It's I think chivalry was put out there so nasty people could look like they're good. Because I know some really capable people who are really capable of being really nasty are just really fucking good people, mm-hmm. and they don't need any of that, right? I think it's it, I think it's forced civility. I think it's a a, a masquerade that yes. patriarchy can use to hide the fact that it's really fucking shitty, but it looks nice and it sounds nice and it and it looks pretty. Fuck that. Fuck yeah. all of that. Right. And and this is in support of and it's not, you know, but but that whole thing about that Trump said, grab him by the pussy. There's something to that. Now, I don't I'm not, you know, recommending that we rush out and do that unless, you know, there's certain ladies that. Anyways, I won't go down that pathway, but I'm not recommending that we go out and do that. But that primal connection, right, that first four seconds of recognition of if there's compatibility or not. If there's love and compassion there or not, right? I don't need any of this fancy shit. Now, I'll do the dance, right? We got to dance. We got to connect and all that. But we know that in the instance, unless, you know, if if we're primal, unless we've got this check, you know, there's the... What is the one these people are doing where they're doing, like, the 22 questions or whatever, right? Have you seen that? My friends, I got friends like, oh, yeah, hey, just... Do these questions? This checklist. I'm like, what the fuck am I trying to do? Fly a Huey helicopter? No, I want to hook up and have sex and, and and great conversation and and maybe some good food and then sex man, again. I've, it's like I've been out of that scene fucking for checklist for a long
1: time. So I don't, I don't know, fucking checklist, dude. I, I don't know, man. Is that's that's crazy to me? It's primal, it's,
0: right? That's the thing. A woman will see when when you are somebody, a man, right? And you're and you're capable and you're strong and you've proven yourself and you've earned the right to be called a man by men, right? By other people who've earned the right to be a man. When you've done all of that and you come from a place of love, women just fucking gravitate towards that shit. They gravitate towards it. Yeah. Right? And then, of course, you get the crazies, right? Like Beren's other wife, right? You get yeah. the, the fucking crazies and you got to filter them out or- or just have fun and put them in there in a in a Uber, right? But women understand know that and they recognize it. And it's that primal shit. Let's get back to the primal shit. We don't have time, by the way. This is why I studied Zen Buddhism, because Zen Buddhism was developed by the samurai from Chan <coughs> Buddhism, and it didn't have ritual because you could be dead in five minutes, and you needed to be able to drop into meditative state, and you needed to be able to you know, be ready for death. And in, in, in a minute, you didn't have time for all this ritual. Well, I think that's what we're going to have to do as civilization. We need to get back to primal relationships with one another. Cut all that shit out. It's like, I'm a being driven by fucking unmitigating love for humanity and other people and my family, most of all. And I'm very physical, right? intellectual as well but very fit you know how do you connect with this person so that they know like that that you are into them and you see them and you recognize them and you're walking with them we don't need all this fancy stuff it's getting in the way
1: i mean there's there's a lot of truth to it
0: you know it's
1: uh people cutting to the chase Now, the, the questionnaire thing though man holy shit uh, oh you said that there was there was this dating questionnaire thing oh
0: yeah it, somebody told me it's um. what, what is it's like shit? it's like these 20 some like questions either. like if you want to get a work girl you know and you want to get it, just start asking nah. her questions i was like uh-huh. no i'll just go stand in front of her for a couple minutes and we'll both know like that I We mean, might have to negotiate a bit right but i don't need to check it we are eh, its business transaction. Well, no, that's not the kind of negotiation no, I mean. I, I know, I know. I how far are we going, and how freaky yeah. is it going to get?
1: Well, you know, but I mean, that's just crazy to me. I, I don't know. It's that's one of those things. I was, you know, well, I, I've been I've been out of all that stuff for for a very very long time. But think of it as this down. way:
0: it's the same as the chivalry thing, right? It's like okay, right. so you don't have the instinct that raw primal nature and instinct because why th- either you don't have it or you never developed it, right? And you do have to develop it, right? You can be born with a some degree, but you still got to hone your skills, right? You still got to hone even your passion skills, right? So chivalry gives the, imp- the artificial impression of that primal capability, that primal nature, right? It's a, it's a trick. And this, this question thing is the same thing. It's the same thing. You don't have the natural ability to really pay attention to that person and go, oh, "Okay, let's see. Let me say this, all right? Let me connect, or just I, see I, body language. Well, you know? Body language. That's yeah. We're all I mean. People are a all, more all of artistic. the cues.
1: Yeah, yeah. All, all of the cues, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was one of those things. like you know, back in the day, you you could tell almost right off the bat,
0: yeah. either the girl's
1: into you or she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. If she wasn't. Hey man, don't even waste your time. Move like on. I remember, I, man, I remember one time I was an undergrad, and um, I was a fr- actually I was a freshman. I, mean, I was a freshman, man. I was in some bullshit class. I don't know what it was, man. It was a chick that was in there. She's kind of cute, yeah. You know, I wanted to talk to her. She wasn't into me, man. And, and how did I know? We're walking out. You know, I'm trying to talk to her. Walking out of class, and it just wasn't. Just, yeah. just what don't even waste your time yeah right, hey cool like whatever conversation is over yeah. you know it's I filtered that it's one out insane. great yeah and, and and you know you you just move on it it's it's one of, but that that is one of the things though talking about you know the younger generation one thing that i have noticed and you know your observation about lack of, of interpersonal skills or or you know, you you quantified it in a in, in a different way. But but what I distill it all down to lack of interpersonal skill and a right. lot of that dovetails well with with enemy, uh, because in, in this specifically, I my theory is this is a negative side effect on society from social media, from the overexposure of social media, where our, our reward mechanism and, and our interpersonal skills are defined around an artificial construct and an artificial reward system of how many people viewed it, how many people liked it, and that's what we derive value from. And um, so this—I I, this I don't take away form. from
0: that. That's you know that's dopamine addiction. You know, it's oh uh, yeah, absolutely, But absolutely. I, I will say this: watching my my extraordinary teenage daughter stumble through. Uh, in ways that I didn't at that age. Of course, we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have social media and all that back then. But the we one thing that, well, and I had horses and guns and bow and arrows and exactly. yeah uh, skis and the mountains and yeah, but um, the thing that I noticed most about her and her generation is they don't know how to be loved because they really aren't real, they, they don't see that enough in their family they don't see that enough in their community and they're sure as hell not seeing it in all the artificial stuff. So if we could do anything to help this generation, we need to start loving one another better. We need to understand that shit better and it's all in us. It's all we need to throw all this shit out that we we have consumed so many words that tell us who and what we are that we've forgotten and completely disconnected from what we are throw all of that shit out, just throw it out, go back to primal base animal nature and we're going to be okay. We'll be okay. Right. And again, very simply men, we have to remember that man is love. That's where the man is. That's why he does every fucking thing that he does. Right. And women need to realize that and they need to find men like that out there. And then women on their part need to, give me a second. On the women's part, they need to seek those types of men out, right? Women need to change a little bit of of their their attraction circuitry. And I don't mean the hypergamy because they can't change that. But women tend to chase men who have done well in artificial status hierarchies. Women need to retool back to men who do well in organic status hierarchies because those men are solely motivated by love. And they might rise up and you know become very wealthy, et cetera. But find a man who's been welcomed into the world of man by other men who have done the same. And you'll find the common thread amongst all of them is they are all motivated by love. And women have got to start seeking out those guys But then on that side, it's like, okay, I only have so much capacity to love. I'm I'm unconditional love totally. And I get it. I get what my friend was saying now, right? But I only have so much time and energy in a day. And there are people that need whatever I am giving them from that place of love. And I can't waste that, especially not as I'm getting older and I've got so many things and so many people that I'm responsible for engaging with, right? Right. And women need to understand that. You need to look for men that have done well in organic status hierarchies because you'll find the love that you need there because that's what those guys are. And then you need to recognize that that man has a lot of obligations on his time, his energy, and his, and his love. And so playing games, testing him, torquing him, trying to take it from him – He's just going to shut that down. You're not going to get it from him because it's a precious resource that he can't waste. Right? And it's a precious resource to such a degree, I know guys who have laid down their life for it. That's how precious that fucking resource is. So don't take that, you know, women, you need this. You need it badly. We know it. Look at all the fucking antidepressants women are on. Right? Look at all the shit that's, you know, the alcoholism and all this other shit. You need it badly, but you need to recognize it for what it is, that it is a precious resource, so precious, that the man would be willing to lay down his life for his love for somebody. Don't take that for fucking granted. Don't underestimate that. Really think about what the fuck, what kind of love is that? What is that? That's fucking powerful shit. It's a precious, finite resource that can't be wasted. Amen. man. Amen, brother.
1: Well, how can people find your work? Because I know you you have a pretty substantial library out there.
0: Well, the books are on uh, Amazon. I got to rewrite or edit the first, Starving for Leadership and the Way of the Team, because I wrote them when I was brain injured. Content's good. Readability's iffy. Uh, it's still in English. You can still read them. But um, The Eternal War's up. That one's good. And shoulderinggiants.locals.com is as Rome Burns. And that's where I'm putting all everything I've learned and everything I think through. And I'm putting that up as a serial novel. <clears throat> and then Twitter, I've kind of adopted Twitter. I pissed some guys off yesterday who obviously are idiots because they couldn't read properly. But you know, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Like fuck it,
1: <laughs> now, you just described like ninety nine percent. Well, now
0: they think the I'm anti gun and I'm trying to take people's guns. And I was like, everybody wow. should fucking carry a gun and dueling should be legal. You fucking idiots. But uh no. yeah, idiots. It literally, somebody asked if I was Jack Murphy's alternate account today. It's like, oh my god, you people are stupid. I said we shouldn't. I said more and more, we should just take guns away and go back to killing people face to face because we've become guns have made us weaker, right? Man. But we're not going to do that. I want my daughter to have a gun and shoot some mother. Yeah. I hope she doesn't have to, but if she needed to, to shoot some <laughs> motherfucker. Right? But- I, I can I tell the world you are
1: definitely, definitely not Jack Murphy.
0: Oh, fuck. Uh, oh, that God. is a
1: guy I would. He's, so remember, I remember, never, I said, ever
0: have him on this show. When somebody yeah. says something that's hurtful, it's like that, that was that was hurtful, man. That that fucking Jack Murphy comment. Yeah.
1: I I don't think I would ever even get the pleasure of denying him from being on it because I highly <laughs> doubt he would ever want to come on. Yeah. But his his whole shenanigans, um, Blue the the whole thing that he did with with uh, Chuck Ritter, Sergeant Major Ritter, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, is, he's done absolutely. It. He fucking shameful.
0: He's done it with other guys I know too, other Green Berets. So
1: it, that yeah. guy I I mean, you know, all the other things which, you know, it, which which are my opinion, which doesn't amount to shit, you know, but that 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 one thing and you know, and I don't I don't want to dive down that rabbit hole too deep, but in case you all didn't know for the listeners this Jack Murphy character—he was a, a cornerstone of soft rep for a long time. I don't know if he's still there. Or what I don't know what the status of that site is. I don't. I don't. I don't have time to digest all this media. I pay attention to what I'm doing and putting out the best quality content that I can to to our community, and that's that's all I can do in a day. Uh, on top of being a husband and a father, and you know, doing 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 the best that I am, running classes, and you know, and and writing books. And it's you know, I, I don't have time. But anyway, this guy Murphy, right? He, uh, you can you can look him up. You'll you'll figure out some things about his history, and what he is, who he is, whatever. Georgetown. Um,
0: He's, He's a fucking resentful.
1: I'm absolutely, resentful. and and he he ran a smear piece. He ran a smear piece that he knew was faulty. Against a, a very good and honorable man, and absolutely, you know, tried to to get this guy's career derailed. And only recently, only recent, going into the new year. I mean, we're you know, it's, it's uh, as as of this recording, January twenty second, right? Most of you will listen to it on January twenty third. He he never issued any kind of apology. Told told this man, told Sergeant Major Ritter, who's who's an incredible human being. Um, a man of, of honor, you know, he's just really, really, you know, it's just great guy all around great guy and told him, well, you know, you'll have to sue me to get it taken down. I mean, and, and I mean, dude, really, you know, that's, that's just, it's just shameful behavior. It, It really is. And, and, um, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately you run into those,
0: those types uh, but oh. here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. One, it allows us to see them for who they are. And I'd rather that I could see them than they were doing the shit in the in the dark. And the oh. other thing is, is it does allow us to rally around a brother or a sister that Amen. we would that. And, and here's OK. So this gets back to the I'm on it because my friend said this thing to me. Now it's in my mind. Right. But this gets back to the love thing. We don't pay enough attention to our brothers and sisters. We really don't. And we don't know what they're going through. We don't let them know, right? Because we think, oh, I told them three years ago, hey, bro, you, you're, you're fucking awesome. We we need to reach out to our people and let them know, hey, man, I'm thinking about you. Are you good? What's going on, right? I care about you. Still believe in you. Still care about you. You know what I mean? We need to do a better job of that. We're all so busy chasing all these labels and all this shit. Let's get back to some primal yeah. shit, right? Wolves. We're fucking off yetner, right? We're fucking wolves. What do wolves do? Wolves are constantly checking in with one another, right? They're constantly seeing how the packs do it, and we need to do a better job of that. And this, so the point about Jack Murphy and all that, it gave us a chance to rally around that round Chuck, right? Allowed us to rally around him, say, "Hey, man, don't don't worry about any of that shit. That shit's so fucking stupid," and right? Yeah, you're you're our man. It's it's uh, it's really it, it
1: was it was sad for me to see that, um. Ah, there you are you dropped out for a second mm, gotcha. um but that that whole that whole thing from from the beginning I, I knew it didn't did smell right from the beginning mm, mm. and um because I, I know you know in and, and yeah again I don't want to get down yeah, well, that, that rabbit yeah, hole but say because yeah. it, it, it's it's outside of of what we're doing but it's a good example yeah. of that and you're exactly right you know and and that extends to anybody out there by the way it's it's not just the the military community or soft vets like any of that stuff right it's it's anybody out there it's it's any friends that you have that you know you check in on them man. we because it's it's all part of this this uh, larger thing that that we're all uh intertwined in in
0: part of and we're gonna uh, we're gonna turn this civilization collapse around Man, we got to be in it together. Amen. Right? If we're going to turn this fucking thing around, and we can, and it really is this simple. We have just got to start loving one another again. We start loving one another again. We love our culture then. We love our history. We love all of these things. We've got to start being in love again with who and what we are and with one another. If we can fucking sort that, which isn't as complex as all this other crazy fucking wild shit that we're trying to do. If we can sort that, go back to primal nature, if we can sort that, we can prevent the collapse. We're going to have some really hard times. There's nothing we can do about that, right? We're at that fourth turning crisis phase and 400-year right. great English speaking cycle. There's nothing we nothing we can do with that, but we can survive it and we can come out the other side better and stronger for it. Hey, Amen. And I think we will. I, I'm an eternal optimist. Uh, well, I'm, I'm always a total looking- optimist. I, I'm totally op- what is it? I'm totally optimistic that everything's gonna go fucking wrong. Well, it will. <laughs> so, I mean,
1: you know, there's no, there's, there's no point in getting upset about stuff. No, you know? all right, it's gonna rain. Whatever. Cool. I've been, I've been punched in
0: the chin before. Yeah. More than once,
1: so, man, I've been, I've been hit. I've been kicked. You know, I mean, you yeah, know, I, I always tell people the story. You, know, you brought up horses. I always told people the story. You know, when I was a kid breaking horses. And uh, breaking quarter horses,
0: yeah.
1: And you know, there was this one. He didn't buck. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. He was beautiful. Chestnut colored. He was. I mean, he was. He was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he didn't buck. He took off running.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Arabian do that when I was like eight, nine years. I had my hand in his halter. He just lifted his head and took off. So I like. Oh, I was going to go right under his freaking hooves, so I just had to hang on. Yep. So done, and he just he did it on purpose. And then at some point, when he starts, mm-hmm. he, I don't know where the hell is. That horse hated me. Freaking hated me. So,
1: Arabians, Arabian horses are normally like that. They're kind of.
0: Oh, he's high strung as hell, and I was too. I was too small um to be working with him uh, at that yeah. age. He was like four years old, three or four.
1: But, but this one, this one ran me right into a telephone pole. I mean, he 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 took off right for it. Yeah, and he cut and to the right. Uh, just, I thought he was going to hit it. Yeah, yeah. and because I mean, he was going straight for it, and he cut off just to the right
0: mm, and threw and me right run.
1: into it. And yeah. that was the first time that I ever got knocked out cold. Uh, I mean, I was I was
0: out. Yeah, I and, got uh, hit by by a horse me out.
1: Oh yeah, I've been I've been kicked. I've been beat. Uh, you know, but ribs, but that time, yeah. All of those things prepare you though. Like, you know Our civilization you, collapse. Yeah, I mean that too. <laughs> Just being a man. Yeah yeah, being yeah. A man. yeah, yeah. No one yeah. knowing you're gonna get your ass kicked. Yeah. You are going to get your ass yeah.
0: kicked. Yeah, and you need you to. Know? You need but, to. Yeah. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Brother, it is always a wonderful wonderful experience to have you in here. Great. Um we don't get to do it often enough, but I am really looking forward to soon at some point in 2024 we're going to link up in person mm. and uh hide the probably, guns
0: Probably.
1: Oh, oh, or not plenty, or not <laughs> plenty. <laughs> we there it will the booze will flow plentifully <laughs> uh, <but laughs>
0: stocking up yeah but, but all right but man, i really appreciate it, it man
1: god bless and for all of you out there check out ian Burlingame game on amazon.com also give him follow on twitter a lot of insightful very very insightful very deep thought stuff unless you're a, a simpleton that thinks in binary terms mm-hmm can't understand deeper meanings, then please don't follow him because you'll just aggravate everybody. But <laughs> but with that said, God bless folks, and we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Zency Scout out.